welcome to the Practically Theologians podcast, where once again, we are going to discuss something that we hope connects to your life practically. Today is Andrew and I'm Josh, and I'm going to play host today. Uh, before we even start the podcast, we both want to, to put this disclaimer out there loud and clear. So please listen to this if you don't listen to anything else. Just so you know, we are discussing here things related to the pandemic and the response to the pandemic that don't necessarily reflect the views of our respective churches, but are only personal opinions. And we're just doing the best we can as we discuss these things to kind of figure it out as we go. So keep that in mind, too, that as we talk, we're working through these things. We're letting you in on this conversation uh, to kind of let you in on our thoughts in a way that will maybe help you see different perspectives and come to these situations with an understanding for your the perspective of your brother that might lend lend uh, lend the ability to you to have a bit of maybe sympathy for somebody that you might disagree with. So that's what we're doing here. We just wanted to put this in the public sphere to give some different perspective. And hopefully Andrew and I have some disagreements here. We haven't really gotten deep into the topics at hand, um, but we hope to give you all some perspective on the different ways people are coming at this odd situation we find ourselves in. So don't take what we say as something you have to do. Don't take what we say as something we say you should do. Just take what we say as something we're thinking. And this is our opinion so far. <laughs> Andrew, do you have anything to add to that? Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yep. We're just uh, two guys wanting to have a conversation and kind of flush some things out and um, kind of even shape some thoughts and some opinions as we go. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to it also. And by the way, anybody listening, if you have any feedback, we'd be open to it. I think you can email podcast at practicallytheologians.org. So, Andrew, we have several questions and we're probably only going to get partly through one today, I would imagine. They're not easy questions to answer. And I'm sure churches and individuals who, uh, who, who are Christians have been wrestling with some of these things for the last however many months it's been since March, uh, when a lot of our governors shut our states down in some fashion. So the first question I had, which is one that I've seen discussed in various places, actually, uh, from mostly one perspective, but there have been some some different perspectives that I've seen, which I've appreciated. In light of our form of government in the United States of America, how should the Christian respond to these orders that are being issued from certain governors, especially in light of the passages like which I've seen cited multiple times, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3, and even Exodus 20, especially in regards to uh, honor your father and your mother. So the question that I, that uh, the way I've approached this and the, what I've seen, there's been basically two sides that I've seen. And like I said, one's far more prevalent. Uh, the side that's far more prevalent is, at least at the beginning, is the side that says when our, anybody in government issues a requirement or issues an order that does not contradict God's law, that does not tell us to sin, we ought to obey it. Um, that's that's one side of the equation. And the one of the uh, texts is First Peter or First Peter two, but also I was going to start with Romans thirteen, 
Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur, incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad, etc. First uh, Peter two thirteen starts out this way: Be subject to for the Lord's sake to every uh, human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil or to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people, etc. There's more there. Um, So, so Andrew, I had uh, written up in my points here something I've been thinking through. In, in America specifically, uh, my question is, what in regards to, let's say, Romans 13, the governing authorities, or First um, Peter 13 talks about be subject to every human institution, and it talks about the emperor or governors as sent by him. Uh, so those people that we are to be subject to are authorities in our life. Is that is that the case, Andrew? Yeah, I think um – just from a, if we're taking just kind of a broad approach to begin with, uh, and just look at the the broad points that are being made specifically there by Paul and then by Peter, um, I think uh, whatever wherever you land, whatever position you end up taking, um, there's this there's an understanding that in this life there are uh, earthly there are earthly authorities that have some sort of weight. Um, within God's design, even on this earth, right? That they carry some kind of weight, um, and uh, there, there's there, there ought to be, or there, by God's design, we are called to yield to that authority in some way, some form or fashion, right? That that's the that's the basic principle that's being taught there, and obviously, uh, uh, I think everybody would agree um, that you know, no matter, like I said, no matter what position you land in. Um, everybody, we can start there probably as the common ground that God is showing us through Paul and through Peter um, that we as Christians are called to yield to governing authorities on this earth in some form or fashion. Yep, absolutely. So uh, one of the, in, in that regard, this is, this is my position. This is Josh's position. Listen to that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> But from the very beginning, my this has been my position. When because I was aghast, I was taken, I was almost in shock. I mean, that's okay, fine. I don't really go into shock, but I, I was extremely surprised and disappointed when our governor stopped us from worshiping and from working. And I was I was sharing with you, Andrew. I was the only male in my family, my immediate family, that was put out of work by the governor, um, which maybe has something to do with the lack of response that we've seen. But as this happened, it struck me that I've never taken any sort of real responsibility for uh, my civil life. So dealing with, with voting, dealing with participating in discussions in the community that are that are more of a civil na- civil in nature, dealing with law and um, things of that nature. 
And so in March, really, I started looking into what is my responsibility in the United States of America. And I started looking into law because I was uh, under the impression we had an, an amendment in the Constitution that protected our ability to gather and to worship, uh, but also just to gather in general. And I also thought that our ability to work, to provide for our families was a protected uh, thing that the government couldn't say you're not allowed to work. So I hadn't really studied it. And that's kind of what started me out looking at this, this question. Because immediately the churches were saying we should just do what the governors say. But my approach is Romans 13 is actually telling us we should resist illegitimate orders in our form of government. And that resistance looks different depending on your role, your giftings, etc. You may not do anything extreme. You may just pray. I don't know. But you could also be called to do something like what MacArthur is doing now, finally, in his church um, in California. Um, but but I took the, the view on Romans 13 that it actually called us to, to the law, not to a man. The governor of Washington State is Jay Inslee. And when I am subject to the authorities and in his capacity as governor, that's the executive branch of our state, he is acting in a way that has authority only as governor, not as Jay Inslee. I'm not obeying Jay Inslee. I'm obeying the governor of Washington State. And because of that, what I get to in my thinking is that the governor of Washington State is, is, is to be obeyed only in as much as authority is under the law of the land. Because I also am under the law of the land. So if I submit my conscience and obey the person and not the law, I'm actually no longer under the law of the land. And therefore, I am disobeying the law of the land. And I'm not subject to the governing authority, which is ultimately in the United States of America, in our form of government, it's the law of the land, not the person. Um, so that's been my position that as Christians, we should not submit to the person who claims authority, not based on law. We should submit to the law uh, itself. And and I've always, uh, one way I've, I've gotten my point across is it'd be a whole lot easier if we were just in North Korea. Not easier in the sense of dealing with persecution, but in the sense of knowing what's what to do. <laughs> because in North Korea, you don't have self-governance. You don't have that responsibility placed upon the people to take a part in their own civil government like we do. Uh, what do you think about that, Andrew? I kind of went on a long spiel there. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's interesting. I think you're you're exactly right. It's interesting because of where we find ourselves, and and I should I, I would say the the blessed uh, position that we find ourselves in in America um, when it comes amen. to what's that? I said amen so far. Yeah, yeah. And even <laughs> if we're not in the same position, it'll still be good. Yeah, it's kind of a weeding something that God is doing on purpose. Yep. Yep. And so I think um, I think you're you're right that being in the United States, being a citizen of the United States, uh, it, it, it provides one great blessing, but also it makes things a little bit more challenging to discern when it comes to submitting to or yielding to governing authorities, as it says in Romans, uh, you know, yielding to the governing authorities that Paul is talking about. 
Uh, and then in, when Peter talks about it in first Peter, you know, being subject to every human institution um, include, and then he, he defines that as uh, either governors or I'm sorry, either as the emperor or governors that are sent by the emperor. Uh, but everything is under that, you know, that one man rule basically. So it, it it gets a little bit more challenging. And by the way, there in First Peter, the emperor as supreme, and and in our context, the way I I would read that is whether it be to the constitution as supreme. What what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I could see where that where that argument could be made. I, I think where the where the challenge where we run into the challenge in the United States is you have you have the the governing documents, right? You have the, you have the law, the constitution. Um, which, which defines for us what is a what is a legitimate and what is an illegitimate law, basically, right? Um, and like what you what you must abide by and what you can't, what you shouldn't abide by. But then, what what becomes challenging is one: how do you under like how do you understand the Constitution? Um, and then on top of that, you have the president, and then you have governors, and then you have um, from there, you, you know, you have mayors. So you have these levels of governing authority. Um, and there, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. They all need to be held in check. And at any given point, they can go outside of the law that outside of what is constitutional, right? At any point, a governor or a mayor, or even the president can try to act outside of what is constitutional, and so I think that where this conversation really needs to um, be flushed out is when a governing authority is acting outside of their constitutional uh, authority, acting outside of or acting unconstitutionally. When a governing authority is acting unconstitutionally, do we submit to the governing authority or do we bypass the governing authority and continue to submit to the document that we're both supposed to be under, right? Is that, that's, I think that's where the conversation really needs to be flushed out because I think there are differences of opinion even there um, and, and even defining what is constitutional and what isn't uh, makes everything a little bit hard, a little bit probably harder to understand. But that's probably where I think for me, the conversation would be most help would be the most helpful um, is does the Bible guide us in understanding who we should submit to the constitution or a oh, yeah. authority acting unconstitutionally. Right. By the way, uh, this hopefully will be something of a series if we can find the time to keep talking and down the line in the discussion, I had something that had to do with this question. Well, anyway, it talks. So one of the things, one of the ways I've been approaching this is through the lens of truth versus lies. And part of what started me on this way of thinking, I mean, I don't want to get too far afield here, but part of what started me on this was how supposedly this virus is spread by asymptomatic people. Supposedly you can get reinfected. Supposedly, blah, 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 blah. All these things are, have been thrown at us. Things have been contradictory from the same person in a matter of months, and we're expected to believe everything we're told about this. And as a Christian listening to this, and I, I consider this propaganda, and I hope 
everyone listening does, all the stuff you're hearing on the media, it is propaganda. But I think there's a lot of misinformation that's purposely being put out there to cause panic, to cause fear, etc. And as we encounter these things as Christians, are we supposed to just believe everything people tell us? Truth. Truth matters. And as Christians, what what does it look like to stand up for truth? And so in this discussion of authority and governors versus the Constitution, what is the truth? And, and I, I really um, get uncomfortable when people suggest that we can't really know the truth that easily. I think that's become a common thing to say. And it's something I mean, our church that we used to go to, that was something that came out of the teaching of that church was we can't go too deep on doctrine um, because we just can't know. And, and by the way, Andrew is a Baptist and I'm a Presbyterian um, and we're both pretty convinced, I'm assuming. And and uh, uh, I, I kind of use that analogy a lot, which Andrew knows, <laughs> um, to kind of show how personally – you can stand for truth. I can stand for Presbyterianism as the biblical uh, way of church government or paedo-baptism in the case of, of baptism. And Andrew could stand for believer's baptism. And we know somebody's wrong, and yet we stand for it because we believe it's true. And, and so it becomes a question of where is your conscience submitted to? Is it submitted to somebody just telling you something so our governor telling you hey do this because i have the authority to do it or is it committed to a higher standard which which is aligned with truth which i would consider the the law that is written to supersede the words of the governor um, in in terms of authority and in terms of truth i hope all that that all of that followed i i think i just kind of had a, a mouth barf type speaking thing go on just then but <laughs> yeah I think um, so this is really good I, I think this is this is really helpful um, so if we could maybe just just slow down for a moment um, and kind of uh, I think you're on you're on the right track so if we could maybe just look at this particular element to begin with yeah let's make a biblical case for um, if we can, a biblical case for why the law as it is written uh, would take primary place. Okay, so let's just assume for a moment that we're not, let's not talk about how people may get around it or how people, how governors may act unconstitutionally, but let's, let's maybe just talk uh, for a little bit about, uh, about that particular point. Does the written law in our form of government, can we, in our form of government, can we make a case, a biblical case, that the written law is the supreme, uh, obviously under God's law, but is the, the supreme authority that we should be under, that we should be yielding to as our earthly authority as designed by God? But let's maybe just talk there, because if we can establish that, then we can talk about people that act outside of that. Right. Yep. Uh, we can talk about it in terms of uh, maybe the fact that in the Bible there is hierarchy. How about that? Yeah. Uh, explain. Well, uh, 
States begins this way. We, the people of the United States, in order to form, so this is at the, okay, here's the analogy. God says, let there be light, right? God, in the beginning, God created, okay? In the beginning, God created. And Genesis in our Bible is our kind of, that shows where the starting point of revelation came from, both general and special revelation. Um, so there's a beginning. From that beginning, uh, man was given a way to live in the garden, Adam, don't uh, have children, be married, um, keep the Sabbath, all the ordinances. Presumably all Ten Commandments were in there, don't, et cetera, don't commit adultery, et cetera, right? So there's a starting point, and it's based on God being God. And so his moral law reflects his character which reflects how we ought to live as image bearers. His general revelation to us shows us his glory, his power, his, his being the supreme ruler of the universe. And it also shows us that there was a beginning point. There's a, there's a source. So there's a source of authority that has its, its – there's a fancy Latin term for it, I'm sure. It's pinnacle. It's alpha point. Let's say alpha point in God himself. Uh, who is eternal and who never changes. And, and so there's no supreme truth that comes outside of God. God is the source of all truth. And from that source, from him, comes truth to us. So there is an authority who establishes what is true, who gives law and sets things in order in the Bible. All right? So biblically, we have hierarchy of authority. All right, so now let's take a look at this constitution here that I've pulled up. Uh, we, the people of the United States, in order to form, going back to creation, my analogy with God creating, this is when the United States is being, is being created. We, the people, meaning not just the guys writing this document, but the people in the United States who are represented by these guys, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. And then it goes on to describe how the United States should operate. But in that, you have a beginning point where this constitution is written as part of this forming of a more perfect union, etc. Um, and so everything that follows uh, is setting the alpha point of the whole law of the land, of, of how this whole thing is held together. Uh, all of the United States is, is built upon this foundational, one of, this is one of the foundational documents. Uh, there's, there's the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, of course, etc. But anyway, and so I guess if you wanted, I mean, is this what we're trying to get at? First of all, there is hierarchy in the Bible, and we should acknowledge that, and that, and we should acknowledge that there is an authority from whom truth comes. Therefore, there is truth, and we should seek to obey the highest truth that we can see. Would that would that be a way of 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 looking at this yeah, therefore for us the constitution of the united states would be the point. 
Yeah, I'm, ju I'm uh, just trying to think through uh, like how how this uh, this reasoning would apply to um, like a, a different country. Right. So if we if a, if a Christian in in China, for example, was was wondering, how am I supposed to honor uh, Romans 13 and first Peter two? What, what would be how would we transfer this to a different a different setting, I guess, because maybe that can kind of give us. Some so here, here's the problem, if this is a problem, it's also something we can be thankful for, but. The problem with us is that we have it too easy because the people who wrote this constitution in large part wrote it in a way that reflects how the Bible might teach us to operate. Although some people might disagree and say that maybe a monarchy is better. I believe that its checks and balances are there in order to acknowledge the sinfulness of man, especially in terms of man always seeking to um, subjugate those whom he rules over, such as Israel was warned about with, with Saul. He's going to tax you. He's going to take your young men to fight his wars, etc. So, So there you go. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah. No, so here's a picture. So we have it easy. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I think that you're right. I think you have to, you have to work through this differently given the different context that you're in and, um, and it's something that you, that Paul obviously couldn't have foreseen, as far as the 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 the, the way that our government is set up. But at the same time, um, God knew, right? So um, so we have we know that the biblical princi principles will work themselves out um, in a way that that applies. And yep. I think this picture might be helpful. Yeah. Um, and we can maybe maybe we can close with this picture for today. And um, and with this kind of leave a little bit of a, a cliffhanger maybe for for next time, but um, I think that what about this? Um, if 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 I'm driving down the road and I get pulled over by a police officer, that police officer has established authority that I'm supposed to yield to, right? Um, so part of that is if he turns his lights on and motions for me to pull over. Um, I'm obligated by, by law, I'm obligated to pull over, right? Um, that, that's, I'm, I need to yield to that authority. Um, however, if he pulls me over and he asks me or he requires me to do something that is unconstitutional um, or something that is beyond the scope of the law, right? I have every right to ignore what he's requiring me to do, right? He, his authority only goes so far. His authority stops where the law stops giving him authority. Does that make sense? Right. Even as far as pulling you over without probable cause. Exactly. So if he can't prove that there was probable cause, then I have every right to leave. And, and his authority doesn't extend then just by virtue of uh, because he wants it to, right? I have every right to leave it, because he's acting outside of the written law, which would say he, he needs to have probable cause. So if we take that then to what you're talking about on a larger scale, if the governor decides, I'm just going to say this, I'm just going to I'm just going to start having start putting out executive orders. If at any point he is operating outside of the law, then I have every right 
that my rights that are established by the written law, I have every right to ignore what he's saying because he's he's in a sense acting like a police officer that's requiring me to do something that his authority doesn't provide or provide him to do. So I think that I, I think you're on to the onto something here uh, where we can we we need to be and able to go, go ahead. I was just going to say just real quick and having the right to do something doesn't mean that you that that doesn't mean that you should do a certain Agreed. thing, by the way. Agreed. So yep. just because you have the right doesn't mean you have to take action. Just I want to put that out there. No, you're exactly right. So if the police officer pulls me over without probable cause and it becomes evident that there isn't probable cause, that doesn't mean I'm then obligated to leave, right? I can leave, I have the right to leave, but I'm not obligated to leave. Um, I can also stick around. It may not be wise. It may not be wise to leave, <laughs> yeah. So, like, so I can stick around and I can use my discernment and I can go based on my conscience and my conviction. Um, I can stick around and see what's going on and kind of feel things out, or I can leave. But as a Christian, because, because at that point, it's just a question between two people. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, it's just like having a discussion with the guy off the street. Yes. Where he's trying to get you to do something. Yes. And, and so I, and Maybe so what I, that way because the police officer. yep. Go ahead. Yep. No, you're right. So, so what I do now, um, isn't, isn't, isn't relating to his authority anymore. Right. You're exactly right. It's, it's, it's in the context of two people having a conversation and um, and maybe he has maybe he has good information or good insight or wisdom to share or vice versa. But now it's two people talking. I'm no longer obligated to uh, follow him, follow his advice or his insight or his wisdom based on his authority. Right now, it's you're right. It's two people talking. So um, I think that there's I think you're you're right. The way that our government works it requires us to uh, to know what what the written law, the established law, says, and and there there is some ambiguity there, right? That we can that we can uh, that we need to work through um, in, in some areas. But at the end of the day, our desire should be to go back to what what is what is written down, what is law, and what is what is constitutional, and let that be my anchor. Uh, because we, because that's the way you know that, that's the way that we would that we would operate in any uh, situation in the United States. As soon as someone starts operating outside of what their authority allows, then we're no longer as Christians. We're no longer obligated to follow that. Um, and I think that I think that most of us would agree with the police officer illustration. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to be careful to leave room for people to disagree um, because I have heard people disagree with that. So. Okay. And the reason why I want to be careful is because I think I'm right, but I also know that I've been wrong in the past. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, agree. Yep, so there agree. you go. We have a sense of humility as we come to it. Yep. So I know you have to go. Thanks for having this discussion. I'm sorry we had to leave on a cliffhanger. And uh, I hope we catch you next time on Practically Theologians. Please send us feedback if you have any. Podcast at practicallytheologians.org. And hopefully we can pick up this discussion where we left off. Andrew, you have anything to add? No. Thanks for listening. And uh, I can tell already this is going to be really good for me to, to think through this. It's good to, th- good to talk through it with somebody.